We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in, whether it's on Spotify or Apple on the audio side, or whether you're checking us out on YouTube on the video side. It is Tuesday. What's today's date, Joe? I don't even know. Uh, the 22nd. 22nd, yeah. I think this snowstorm makes me uh, lose sight of everything that's going on. Joe Yurden, Maintenance Day podcast, noted hockey substack, sports media personality. Uh, well, you know what? We're going to talk Bills and Sabres. It's been yeah. uh, a wild couple days here in Western New York. Uh, were you here? I don't think I've asked you this before. Were you living in, I think you were living, you were living in Buffalo in 2014. Oh, yeah. First November. Were you here for that? Oh, yeah. I you remember. I know like social media platforms have been big in the news lately for, you know, probably not all the best of reasons. But you remember Vine? Yeah, it was like a, it was like a video thing. I did a Vine outside of the arena uh, that the day the, the the storm came, you know, came in, came in and buried you know, South, mm-hmm. you know, South Towns um, because it was kind of exactly how this one played out where. You could stand outside and see, like, oh, there's the snow line right there down the street. And where I was standing, I was standing on one of the streets next to the uh, next to Key Bank Center. And like from where I was standing in the street, if you looked, you know, I looked up, looked to the left, it was clouds, gray skies, look to the right, blue skies and sunny. And then there's like some, you know, flakes kind of like falling in, you know, falling in on me from the left side. And it's sunshine and beautiful over here. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take a video of this one and, like, and do this and did something, you know, seven seconds of video. And it was kind of stupid and funny. It was funny to me. I don't think it was funny to anybody else, but like it's funny <laughs> to me to just be like, wow, doom over here. Oh, it's nice. You know, it's just one of these things. But, uh, but that was wild. That like, And weirdly enough, there was also a, there, there was a there was a Sabres game that day. And yeah. there was like, what, two or three. Like the like two of the team doctors couldn't make it in. Like Pat Coletta was was all snowed in and down in Angola, and like all you know, all the you know, handful of other guys were just stuck down there. And that was also that that was also the night Arthur's Herbe had to dress because Michael Neuvert went down hurt in that game. It was oh, against San Jose. Right. Michael Neuvert got hurt. Jonas Enroth went in, and then they're like, "Well, we need an emergency goalie." Well, the assistant coaches used to be an NHL used to be an NHL star. Got him a jersey, got him some pads, got him up, got him out there on the bench ready to go. And I was like, 
I don't wish anything bad for Jonas, but I just want him to kind of be like, ow, ow, I'm hurt. Ow, Ar- Arthurs, get in there. I just wanted to see it one more time. But Well, dude, yeah. you got one incredible hell of a memory, at least when it comes to sports. That stuff was a memorable and, night, and notable like, that, was that was a yeah. crazy night. So this storm, I, I think, and I did some research to look up, at least in terms of snow totals, mm-hmm. this storm that we've just went through pretty much is parallel with what we went through in 2014. I think the biggest difference is uh, we expected it now, and you've lived through this before. So this wasn't like one of those first time, oh, my God, I can't believe how hard it's snowing because we literally saw it before. We saw the city, you know, essentially get paralyzed by snow over the course Mm -hmm. of a couple of days. It was still, you know, an incredible sight to see. Visually, it looked great. Um, Schematically, it sucked. (laughs) You know what I mean? It just shuts shit down. (laughs) Um, But I think the fact that in 2014, it was new. You know, we've been through blizzards here in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, you've seen some extreme weather even before you got to Buffalo. But we had never seen anything like 2014 where it just snowed that hard that quickly for as Mm -hmm. long as it did. Yeah. And like I said, the snowfall totals here were just as uh, impressive yeah. a- as 2014. It's just I, I think that we were more prepared. We knew it was coming, too. You know, right. I, I, let's give some. We were prepared for the, for the one in 2014. I think it was just the, the uh, ferocity of like and how much right. came down. And the fact that it didn't move. This this storm was different because it moved up and down. It covered everybody. Yeah. But the last one was just strictly it was Cheektowaga and South and, you know, and, and Angola. Like, all those areas were just buried. Yeah, I, I think, and this time, I, I think it actually snowed harder over the course of 24 hours. In fact, I know in Orchard Park, they set an all-time state record, the most snow ever in the history of the state hit Orchard Park. It's crazy. Over the, yeah, it is crazy. I'll tell you this, too. You know what? One of the, And you see this all the time, and I'm sure you maybe you've talked some shit about them. I know I do. I'm criticizing weather people all the time. And everyone says it's the easiest job in the world. You're just guessing. If you're wrong, you're wrong. They're always wrong. No. I'll tell you what. In this case, hard. they were spot on because <laughs> yes. I heard from time for days and days and days, mm-hmm. starting at around 7 p.m. on Thursday was when this shit was going to start. And it was funny because Thursday night, last Thursday, oh, beginning of the week, they had they they had a they're like, this is going to be bad. You, right. Everybody better get ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I went into uh, I went into Wegmans. I, I might have been Wednesday, like. No bread. Mm-hmm. I had bread anyway. So, oh, but yeah. I just, I took a couple of photos. There was like no bread to be found. Barely right. any milk to be found. You know how it gets when there's going to be a storm coming. <laughs> but anyway, so Thursday, when, again, it's been reported now for a couple of days that this was going to start Thursday around 7 p.m. And I don't know. I'm just, I, again, I'm just naturally a little skeptical of weather people. <laughs> so I'm at work on Thursday. It's around 6.30. I took a couple deliveries and i get back to the restaurant and it's busy and all of a sudden on the clear blue sky it's like we're closing at seven the restaurant which don't ever close by the way there's very few times that the restaurant i work at ever closes right anyway so that was unplanned and out of nowhere we're closing at seven o'clock i'm like damn really because i look at seven o'clock there's like no snow out there at all none zero mm-hmm. At least in South Buffalo, I should say, okay? Let me, let right. me, I don't know. Maybe it was snowing somewhere else by that time. But in South Buffalo, where I was, zero snow at 7 o'clock. Uh, we start the process of cleaning up, breaking things down, you know, all the closing duties that we have. And 20 after 7, 7.30, it's starting to snow pretty damn hard. 
I get out of the restaurant at about 7.40. I actually got to brush my car off already because there's already enough snow on it that I need to brush it. I go to Wegmans, get some more essentials. And by the time, which was, I don't know, maybe 7.45, 7.50, Joe, I swear to God, it was on Orchard Park Road. My house is maybe five minutes up the road. Mm-hmm. Literally could not see 10 feet in front of me. By the time I got to Orchard Park and Ridge and the mm-hmm. last like quarter of a mile, my street, I missed the turn. I couldn't even see the sign. I went wow. past my street, went on the wrong side of the street because I thought I was turning and I was about mm-hmm. to turn into somebody's house. Found a store parking lot that wasn't yet full of snow. Mm-hmm. Saw the light, so I recognized it. Turned around, and then I went real slow. Found my street, and eventually got into my garage. But I mean, they were within an hour completely accurate. It was uh, wow. it was pretty wild, man. You know, I, I took a couple. Nothing crazy. Like I said, I'm not really that good of a photographer. But if you're watching this on YouTube, this is my my front yard by Friday, um, Friday afternoon. I, and I was in West Seneca, by the way. And West mm-hmm. Seneca, they didn't get the most snow, but we were up there. Anyway, this is a got picture. A of my, we got a lot. We got a lot. This is my front yard. And this is like my back deck. You can see here, you know, the, the rails almost Man. covered mm-hmm. by Friday afternoon with snow. It was, uh, like I said, it, it was really cool. But. At the same, again, haven't seen it in 2014. It wasn't quite as nuts. But anyway, the the complete snow totals I saw on Channel 4. They put up a graphic as we're taping this late on Monday. Hamburg kind of came out of nowhere. Orchard Park was winning this race the whole time, and they ended up with 80 inches. Hamburg ended up sneaking out in front. They had the most snow of anyone in Western New York at 81.2. Then it went Blaisdell at 76 inches. Dude, that's a lot of snow, man. Yeah. A lot of snow. Orchard Park Park did all that, like 77 of that in 24 hours. Right, right. So, I mean, you're looking at the the top 10 here. That's pretty much, there's 10 different parts of Western New York that ended up getting uh, like four feet of snow. And again, this was all in a matter of what, a a day and a day and a half. It was just, uh, it was crazy. Now, I live in West Seneca. I'm going to be honest with you. You live in the city. I know historically, at least anyway, that, the suburbs are much better at plowing and, you know, getting shit in order yeah. than, than the city. I don't know how it was. <laughs> how was it near you? Again, you live kind of like on the West side. I, I got to give West Seneca credit, man. They did a really good job yeah. of uh, at least getting some of the streets done. Uh, oh, let me tell you, well, if, if you live on a side street, forget it. Like yeah. you're, you're in bad shape. Like it, it, some of it's not as bad because I mean, there's side streets around my neighborhood, obviously not everything's a main drag around here. Uh, and some of them are okay. Like my, you know, I've got a very low to the ground, low profile, you know, sporty kind of car. It's not a sports car. Don't get it. Don't get it confused. But like mine's not really a, it's not really built for, for this kind of weather. Now I've managed it pretty well. <laughs> I've managed to keep it on the road. I haven't had any serious problems, so I'll count that as a win. But, uh, but when you're doing like the, uh, you're doing like moon patrol bump and jump down the side streets and you're just kind of like, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. But um, they've usually, I don't know, the, the, the plowing part is usually sketchy and it's always, this is where the, yeah, the, the mayor of Buffalo always gets on people. It's like, well, you know, people got to do their part for the shut up, please. But also <laughs> people got to do their part and get their frigging cars like off the plowed side of the street. And my neighborhood kind of took care of that this time. People were just like, uh-uh, we ain't going to be parking in slush for the next two weeks. So let's, let's move our car. So the thing, the thing that kills me though, is that the, the side that they plowed on Monday, the other side won't get touched until Thursday, which at that point, it's like four days of melting snow. And it's, right. it's, it's going to be a gross mess. And yeah. It's, you know, just like, 
do it like two days, one day park on one side, one day park on the other, plow both sides, get, get it all cleared, get to the side street, take care of all that stuff, be done with it, call it a day and then, you know, do whatever instead of letting it sit on one side of the road for like a week until it gets plowed out. Like, come on. But, <laughs> but, like, um, but the city doesn't handle this stuff very well at all, which blows my mind. It's blown my mind since the day I moved here. Like, cause you know, first, first winter here, I was like, oh, it's, they're going to snow, snow removal is going to be great. They're going to take care of business. No, they, no, it's horrible. They don't do it's It's inexplicable how a city like Buffalo, that is like the snow capital of America can't get rid of, can't like, do have it down to a science of how to get rid of it. It's crazy. It go that goes back all the way to when I was a kid growing up on the west side, of the city of Buffalo. I have a mayor Messiello. I remember the jokes, and they weren't jokes because it was true. Like his street, uh, it was somewhere off, either on Richmond or off Richmond yeah. Avenue. It was like one of the few streets that actually did would get plowed in the winter uh, when it snowed. It, it was. I, I, will uh, say, I will say though, I like how that they put GPS units in the plows now. People used it immediately to find. <laughs> they found they're like, oh, let's look at Byron Brown Street in his neighborhood, and like none of the streets were plowed out except his. And it was like, ah, that's weird. That then like suddenly the thing malfunctioned; it wasn't working anymore. I'm going, yeah, I bet I know why. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it was funny. So you were talking about your car, and I'm thinking about mine. All right, well, if you think your car is not made for Buffalo winter? Um, I have a 2009 Chrysler Sebring, front wheel drive only. Florida car that I got in Florida this past year, literally a canvas convertible. So <laughs> needless to say, now I'm fortunate. We have a, a dry, I have a garage. So mm-hmm. I got it again. I mean, it was really, really bad driving home from work on Thursday night. However, it was only a couple inches on the ground. It was just snowing so hard that I couldn't see. But once I got home, I parked that bitch right in the garage. Mm-hmm. And it literally, we're taping this like at the end of the night here, Monday night. My my car has not left the garage. I haven't had to leave. I work from home on right. Monday, so I don't got to worry about leaving the house again, probably actually if I don't want to until Wednesday. But anyway, so I avoided that. Um, my son's got a car, and then we have a – you've been in my house before. There's yeah. a, a, a girl who lives upstairs. So we have a two-car garage, but three cars between us. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a lot of maneuvering. My son spent – oh, I should have – wish I would have had a picture to put up on, on YouTube. He was literally – his car was buried in, and he oh, spent man. three hours – I, I want to say it was Saturday afternoon. It was Saturday afternoon. Three hours. Him and uh, grew upstairs because, again, I ain't shoveling. I can't shovel. Um, they spent three hours shoveling out. That's how bad it was. And that's with the plow, by the way. We have a plow. We have a plowing contract our our house does. Yeah. So um, that was even with the plow because they couldn't. It was too much snow. They could only get halfway into the yeah. driveway. So we were on our own for the second half. Did you yeah, uh, nuts, see man. the pictures that I, po- that I posted of my car on the street? No, uh, I didn't see them. Did you tweet yeah, them? Yeah, Yes, I did. Yeah, I was on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Sunday. Because uh, I was digging it out while the bill, while the Bills game was going on because it was nice and quiet outside. <laughs> everybody, yeah. everybody was watching yeah. the game, so I was like, all right, well, I, I can take care of business now. <laughs> that thing took me like two hours to dig out my car, and it's on wow. the street. And, I, and That's not even like digging out one side of it because the one side is like, you know, you know right yeah. the, the, the curb and everything, so it's pointless. That's crazy. Yeah, man, oh. it was a lot. It was plowed. Like, that's like a day of plowing, just like, you know, dumping ice, you know, garbage snow on top of it sure whatever i just stayed home i haven't done anything well i've eaten i bought (laughs) snacks on thursday i bought a shitload of snacks i'm like all right i'm good for three four days no lie i swear to god by saturday morning i was out of snacks (laughs) all i did i ate 
Christmas trees. I ate zebra cakes. I ate cookies. Oh man. All kinds of chocolate. I mm-hmm. freaking literally have not stopped stuffing shit in my face pretty much since Thursday. Like I said, I still haven't left the house. And wait, I watch Christmas movies. Huh. When you say Christmas trees, do you mean like the ones that are like zebra cakes, but they're Christmas tree shaped? Yes. Okay. However, the the best Christmas trees are the the ones with the white filling, you know, the white ones with the white yep. with the cream filling. Mm-hmm. I bought chocolate ones, and and they're nowhere oh. near as good as the original. I didn't know they made chocolate. They do. They weren't as good. I'm re- I was really mad at myself over that. So yeah, I, I've just stuffed my face, and and I've eaten uh, or I watch Christmas movies. I've watched six, not just six Christmas movies, mm-hmm. Joe. Since Thursday, I've watched six Christmas movies that are 2022 Christmas movies. Like movies that are just came out this year. What? I've uh, six of them. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Why? I don't, what else am Why? I going to do, man? I don't know. There's always so much Watch shit I can do. Christmas movies? I don't know. It's <laughs> I like. Idea. I kind of like. And my Christmas. Oh, by the way, my Christmas tree's up. So okay. the lights are on. Christmas not came surprising. early. And in fact, some people, friends of mine, were blaming me for the storm because I put out my shit too early. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, man, I watch. I don't even know if you know that they made a sequel of this, but A Christmas Story, you know, the movie that what? plays for 24 hours. Wait, 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 There's, wait. Hang on. What mm-hmm. do you mean there's a sequel to it? Did they just make this? Yes. Just came out. I watched it two days ago on HBO Max. It just came out within the last maybe two weeks. When, Week? when was the first one? Was that 1983? 83. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. 1983. We're talking 40 years later. They made a sequel. They, yeah. The, the original, how many, original how many people from the first movie are in the second one? None. No, you're, you're wrong. Is he it? Here's the crazy part. So it's called the Christmas story. Christmas. That's the sequel. Okay. And it's narrated by an adult Ralphie and Ralphie is the same character. So he's in it. His mm-hmm. little brother in the originals there. Uh, I forgot the names. A couple of the, two of his best friends were there. The bully from Flick. the original is there. Flick is in the Scott movie. Yes. Marcus? Yep. Yes. Scott, oh my god. Yeah. The villain, wait, wait, the wait, wait. Now, are these the original people? Yes. They're the same people from the original. They're in this movie. And okay. setting-wise, um, the original is in the 1940s. This uh, this sequel that yeah. just came out is set in the 70s. The one difference is the mother. Um, I forgot. I forgot the the character's name or um, the real actress's name. She retired, so okay. his mother is played by somebody else who's still alive. Um, Julie Haggerty. Remember her? She was in Airplane. She's on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She mm-hmm. plays. She plays Ralphie's mother in the sequel. Um, the father is not in the movie. I, I believe the father's yeah, not Darren in the live in real. Died. Yeah, he, he died in real life. Wow. All right. Well, here's a spoiler alert because I'm. It's a central part of the movie anyway, but. The father dies in the sequel. He's obviously never in the movie. But anyway, yeah, watch that. There's a brand new Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds movie called Spirited. That's out. That's that was on Apple TV. It's kind of like a spinoff of uh, not a spinoff, but a unique take on a Christmas Carol, like the Ghost of Christmas Past, Present, and Future. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm not going to get in all the movies I watch. Point being is my lazy ass is watch six Christmas movies, new ones, stuff my face nonstop for four days, and watched a lot of football. You know, I'm pretty wow. much. I had to, about it. I had to look it up. Uh, the the woman who played uh, the mom in that was Melinda Dillon. She was in Slapshot, yes. which yes. freaks people out. If you if if you've only watched the Christmas Story and you're like, oh, she's really nice, then you watch Slapshot, you're like, oh my god, okay, that's I didn't expect <laughs> to see her. She's still alive. Yeah, she's, no, I, she's retired. She's retired. To see that. 
Yeah, she's retired, so she she didn't have interest in doing it. She retired like a decade ago. But yeah, besides her, surprisingly, it's almost the entire cast. Wow, of the originals. That's, They're all back. That's nuts, man. Like that's that's. Uh, I'm I'm genuinely stuck now. Mind you, I I don't think a lot of them are still acting a lot or ever now. Like I I don't know that's the case. By the way, yeah, she's 83. Holy crap, man. Yeah, so like I I'm. I'm blown away. I I had I a blown away that they made a sequel. B that it's got all the same people in it. Like, geez. Yeah, and and two quick things to tie up what we've talked about before we get into some football here, and I'll end it with this: the sequel. Again, I don't want to get into too many details. The sequel was all right. It was all right. There, it was a more nuanced plot this time around. I, I, there's more emotion. Like the first one's all about him trying to get the BB gun, and that's pretty much mm-hmm. what the entire movie's about, and all the shenanigans you know growing up and all that this is a little more adult plot oriented with with his dad dying and just things Mm -hmm. around that it's not a bad movie i mean i'm not going to compare it to the original right but it's not a bad movie you know it's not a complete shit box of of a sequel (laughs) like you might think it would be pretty good and uh, I, might, I might have to watch it. Just it's for, wor- I think it's the original I, one a thousand times. And I, I think it's it. worth yeah. it. I do. I think it's worth it. I mean, it's not, you're, you're not going to put it on your top five. Like if we someday, when we do our starting five draft again, we're never doing Christmas movies because you still, I'll, I'll never get over the embarrassment from last year when you're <laughs> at 89%. You. It's to this day, somebody, I, t- I know somebody tweeted, remember last week they were talking about that. And, uh, Mm-hmm. I said that that was the biggest blot in the history of our draft. Joe got 89% of the vote in our Christmas movie draft yep. uh, last year. But anyway, my point is it's not going to be in your top five or anything like that, but I do think reasonably you'll enjoy it. Okay. It was pretty good. And then the other thing I want to talk about, I want to circle back to uh, the snow. I will say, you know, you hear the moniker city of good neighbors and I think for the most part, it's true. And then, you know, just like anywhere else in, in the world, Joe, you got your scumbags, your assholes right. that, that can give your, your neighborhood a bad reputation. But all in all, I really do. I, and I know all the stories about the, the, the people, civilians shoveling out the bills and stuff like that. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there has been, I saw something on Facebook and I'm not a meme guy. Like I don't usually take memes and, I'm surprised and share by that. I would have thought it's, you were a big meme guy. No, nah, I'm not a meme guy, but I did see it. And then I know it's not a meme, but this was a post from someone on Facebook. Okay. Let me read this real quick. And then we'll get into, uh, we'll get into the show here. So he says that his name's Benji. Dear rest of America, pay, pay close attention to the city of Buffalo. While people would be losing their ever loving minds anywhere else in the country. Buffalonians will be turning the wall of snow that blocks their front driveway and the backup fridges, and they'll be sledding off roofs. I mean, that's a little ridiculous. When they're not shoveling the snow off to keep uh, the roofs from collapsing beneath the weight. But what they won't be doing is panicking. They won't be looting and turning in the nasty neighbors. In fact, they'll do quite the opposite. They'll be digging each other out while telling stories about nastier storms and tougher situations. They'll be checking on the senior adult neighbors to make sure they're okay. They'll be sharing their food, their generators, their smiles, because this will be another great story to tell once the digging is done. After living here for seven years, there's no place in the world I'd rather be in a national emergency than with the ever tough but always neighborly people of Buffalo. I think there's a lot of element of truth to that. I think it's a little bit of pandering, though. But there's a lot of pandering in that. (laughs) You do see, I will say this, man. I personally, I do see a lot of people helping each other out when it comes to storms like this. I do think you see the best of people. Again, 
Not entirely true. A lot of that, you know, again, some pandering, some bullshit mixed in there. Oh, yeah. But it is nice to to be in a city, the city of good neighbors. And yeah. I do think at times that, you know, the the reputation lives up to, uh, you know, lives up to its name. And I, I personally have seen a lot of people helping each other out during this. And, and that is a cool aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. No, I got I got a hand digging my car out yesterday. Uh, uh, a fellow named Diamond was digging out his girlfriend's car on the street and he saw me, you know, slogging along by myself trying to dig out my car. And he's like, Hey man, you want a hand? I was like, you sure about that? Like, you don't have to, like, I don't know you, you don't have to do that. And he's like, no, 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 man. Like, let me help you out. He's like, you're almost done with it anyway. So let's just, let's just finish the job. I was like, okay. Yeah. Got it done. Got it done real fast. And like, dude, I mean, we both worked our ass off to do it, but like, uh, but if he didn't help out, I would have been out there shoveling for like another 30, 30, 40 minutes, maybe. So I very thankful for that. It saved me sure. some trouble and who knows, maybe I know knock on wood. My shoulder has been great through all this, which is, Stuff. Oh, I forgot I, about that. That's I, right, man. You're coming off surgery and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it was in July, man. It was yeah, four, four months ago. Yeah. yeah. So, like, so, I mean, feels great. Does great. Like, I did awesome. Of course, now I do that. And I'm just like, what did I do? <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was uh, you know, stuff like that's nice. It's nice to get, you know, to, to, you know, to be out there, like, get, you know, help somebody out. I mean, obviously, in my position, Diamond's, uh, I'm guessing, is a fair bit younger than I am. Uh, so he sees me and he's like, ah, here's this middle-aged guy out here. He's slogging away. He's sweating his ass off. Let's, let's give him a hand. And yeah, Hey, I ain't going to say no. I mean, I almost said no. Cause I was just like, no, nah, man, you don't have to do that for my car. It's fine. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice. Like, it, that stuff happens, man. And it's, it's cool. It's cool to see that. It is uh, a like, neighbor that, that thing that you shared though, man, mm, that, that, re- that reminded me of like uh, every time there's like a, 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 like an NHL guy that gets hurt or like, you know, breaks his face open or some crap like that. And then somebody gets a picture, you know, gets, takes a picture of him, And it's like, the guy comes back to the game and then like, Oh yeah, this guy, you know, uh, dislocated his head. And he came back five <laughs> minutes later, LeBron gets a hangnail and he's out for a week. It's right. like, get out for yourself. please. <laughs> this is like the weather, ver- the weather, like local person version of that. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. Somebody there was, um, my mother-in-law lives in Lackawanna and a neighbor, used her plow because her car would have been completely snowed in and uh she she they plowed them out and again mm-hmm. didn't ask didn't ask for any money there's good people i mean there's bad people too but all in all there's good people but anyway the snow obviously affected us all of us to some extent and affected mm-hmm. the buffalo bills in a very big way to the point that aaron quinn and i taped this our podcast on thursday morning and by the time i got to be what around i don't know lunchtime or so sometime mm-hmm. mid-afternoon we found out that the Bills weren't even going to be playing football in Orchard Park on Sunday. They moved the game to Detroit. A lot of people were pissed off and, and bitching about that. I think it was the right call. Yes, I it, think was. It, was a, it was a no-brainer. Right. And you got to do it early. People are like, well, see how much it snows first. Because, again, going back to whether people are always wrong, well, you got to have time to prepare and, and plan for stuff. And playing right. an NFL game is more than – it's not like you and I going to fucking uh, All-High Stadium – and getting a pickup game together with our boys if it doesn't right. snow too much. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, as for the game, the Bills did win 31-23. They're 7-3 on the season. Not going to go through, like, the the whole game again. But, mm-hmm. again, it's Tuesday. The Bills got another game in just two days against your squad, yeah. which is going to be fun. The Detroit no, Lions. it's not going to be fun. It's going to be fun <laughs> for you guys. Right. Although, the Lions are playing 
decent right now. They smacked Detroit. I mean, they smacked New York. They smacked the Giants. In New York, too. I felt bad. That's my dad's team. And I was just like, I was like, of all the weeks for the Lions to totally figure out it's against your team. The NFL's so crazy. So man. It's just crazy. They go in and they go and they play the Giants at home and they just smack the shit out of them. But that's anyway, a road game for, like they don't win on the road. They don't win at home either, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. Well, the turnaround is going to be quick. So again, two days from when people are hearing this, the Bills will be playing again over some Turkey. And uh, look, the running game. That's obviously was, was was the big takeaway from the Bills. For the first time this season, they, they found a running game. They stuck to it. They committed to it, and it paid off. We've been saying for weeks and weeks on this podcast, you've said it, I've said it, Josh Allen can't do everything. He can't put everything on his shoulders every single week and expect great results, and we've seen some pretty shitty results over the last couple of weeks because it's caught up to him a little bit. Anyway, the Bills ran the ball excellent, 171 yards on the ground, James Cook, 86 yards. Devin Singletary, 86 yards. Cook looked explosive. He had a nice 29-yard run. Um, I think you're going to see a bigger role for him going forward. Devin Singletary, to his credit, I have not been very high on him. I think he broke tackles after contact, something I have not seen much of. Uh, let's not get too carried away, though, Joe, because Cleveland had the worst running uh, run defense in the NFL. But I don't give a shit. I don't care. You got You got to start somewhere. Right. They got the ground game going. I, we really don't need to talk about the running game. I wrote down six things that I kind of want to hit on with you, and uh, we'll go through them, not necessarily you know in painstakingly detail, but these are six things besides the running game that I really liked from the Buffalo Bills. Number one, now I know you were shoveling for part of it, but I know you've seen enough of the game. You've read right. about it. You've heard about it. I know you know enough about the game uh, right. to kind of discuss. I, did, I did catch a good part of the second half. So yeah. basically See, from the moment I turned it on, the Bills figured out, out how, to play, how to play football again. So <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. You know what? Before we get into these six things I like, one thing I did not like was my remote control came really close to going through the television set at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, I was livid. It was pathetic and embarrassing the way they came out. Lifeless. It kind of calmed down a little bit because I started thinking that maybe the weather and the change of plans and the having to run on the fly and only one practice during the week and having to get out of your home on Saturday. Again, I think maybe that stuff might have played a role in them being really lethargic early on. And they did step it up by the end of the half. But anyway, my point was... <laughs> so anyway, Cleveland did the same thing, except they weren't getting snowed on. It's still right, but they were always going on the road. So that, I mean, they always had that mindset. I, I think the game, and plus, I was really mad early on because I thought this was a huge advantage for Buffalo. I actually preferred if you would have told me forget the snowstorm. Mm-hmm. If you would have told me on Thursday you could either play in Orchard Park at home with snow and win mm-hmm. against the Browns, or you could go play them in a dome, I would have said, please, let's play them in a dome. Mm-hmm. Bills speed, their passing game, the Browns, you know, big, strong running game. I thought it would be a big advantage for the Bills. Was not early on, but not because of Nick Chubb. They stopped Nick Chubb. But anyway, circling back to the six things I like beyond the running game, Matt Milano, dude, I'm telling you, we talked about him on this podcast. Mm-hmm. 12 tackles, eight solo. I don't even need notes in front of me because I got this shit memorized, man. He had a big sack. He had a fumble recovery. He had three tackles for a loss. He almost had an interception. By the time you're listening to this, he might be AFC Defensive Player of the Week. This guy's just been freaking incredible, man. Mm-hmm. And he's getting to the point now where 
I would not be the least bit surprised if he can stay healthy, which is not a given. You're talking all, he's going to forget Pro Bowl. I think he might be an all pro this year. I really do. I think he's one of the best two or three mm-hmm. linebackers in the NFL. There's, his teammates love him. There's very few guys that are playing better than Matt Milano right now. Yeah, no, he's he's been outstanding. He was great. Yeah, he's great against Cleveland. That was that was a super game for him. See it, seeing him in the backfield a lot like that is, you don't he doesn't get asked to blitz a lot. Like that's just not what they need him to do. They need him to tackle. They need him out in coverage. They need him to kind of make sure nobody's taking advantage of him underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing him get in the backfield as regular as he was, he was you know rushing Brissett. Brissett, you know, didn't really have any idea where the blitzes were coming from. So that's. It's good on Frazier and, and the crew to to kind of change up the look so it's not always like, oh, where's Von Miller? Okay, they're coming from that side. Like right. that, that, that's where it's coming from. Instead, they change it up a lot and they didn't use, I mean, they didn't have Miller decoy, but like they changed those looks. And that guy, I mean, Milano, geez, the sack that he had was, you know, untouched basically. I mean, he just be able to run past the uh the the, the blocker and was right on top of him. So that's a that's a great job by him. That's great work by by Frazier calling it. I know there were some struggles early in that game, and I know like the end of the game, like they kind of take their foot off the gas. Whatever, who cares? You're up by three scores. It doesn't matter. It's you know two minutes right. to go. It's crap, but um, but I mean, I think you're right. I he he should be all pro. I I I want Bills fans to make a promise to me right now, though. When they start naming Pro Bowl people, ignore every bit of it. Don't don't <laughs> care about it. Don't give a shit. Just pretend it didn't happen. Focus on what the writers vote for the all pros at the end of the year. That's the one that matters, not the pro bowl because some ninth string guy from the Houston Texans is going to go to the pro bowl because 50 other guys said no, because they, they got better shit to do. Like just, no, I, I don't think they're even playing a game anymore, but like, please just focus on the all pro stuff. That's why, that's why it was great for Hyde and Poyer. Like, yeah, they're both all pro. Yes. Yeah. They don't need to go to the goddamn pro bowl. Just, please. Just, okay. I had to get that out. Just had to. <laughs> I wanted to set. I wanted to establish that before anything happens, before the season's out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them. 
You're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, I'm back with Joe here, and we're discussing some things besides the running game that I really liked about the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Ed Oliver, right off the bat, when the Bills were playing like shit early on, Joe, mm. there were very few guys that looked like they came to play. And But Ed Oliver was one of them. I thought he was fantastic. Five tackles, uh, three for a loss. He was in the backfield a lot. Again, a very big part of a defensive front that completely stymied Nick Chubb. One of the best, maybe arguably the best running back in the NFL, if you don't want to say Derrick Henry. He was held at 19 yards on 14 carries. I did not see that coming before this game, especially the way teams have run on the Buffalo Bills of late. So anyway, Ed Oliver was fantastic. And another guy who, uh, and he's also on this list, he returned after missing a couple games, Jordan Poyer. He made an impact right away as well. Like I said, the Bills were sleepwalking in the first quarter. Ed Oliver and Jordan Poyer were maybe two of the only guys that were there from the first snap. He had a really good pass breakup on uh, the tight end early in the game. Mm-hmm. The kind of play which I thought, I'm like, man, there's no Cam Lewis does not make this play. This mm-hmm. is a completed pass. Or uh, who's the other state? Jaquan Johnson. Now, you know, these, mm-hmm. these plays are getting made and Poyer's not out there. He broke a pass up. He had a really nice tackle early on, kind of set the tone that the defense was going to be physical. So kind of we'll throw those two in uh, in the same point there. Mm-hmm. Ed Oliver – and Jordan I'll, Poyer really made a big difference. I'll say that about Poyer. The uh, a guy like uh, Njoku, the the Cleveland tight end there, like that That's dude's the one. He's a big dude, and he's yeah. very athletic. I mean, geez, we saw him do. He pulled a jumping over defensive guys thing this week too. But um, but having Poyer out there to watch him is such a it, it evens everything out. It balances that out because he goes yeah. from being a guy that that probably has an advantage, certainly against you know rookie safeties or whatever, uh, and you know even against some of the linebackers too. Like you know if if it's if it's Njoku against like Edmonds or even Milano in coverage, kind of like kind of like his I like I like Njoku's chances a little bit better. But Poyer, I mean, he's 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 all pro for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he makes the difference. That's what he does. Five and zero oh this year when he's there. One and three when he's not. I mean, or I'm sorry, six and oh when Jordan Poyer plays. One and three when he doesn't. He's not solely responsible. The reason why they lost three games, that's not what I'm seeing, is more than just his absence. But it's a big, big hole because mm-hmm. the Bills are stocked with depth at certain positions, but then there's huge drop-offs at others. And the mm-hmm. drop-off when Jordan Poyer's not out there and you got to go to Cam Lewis or you got to go to Jaquan Johnson, the drop-off is absolutely uh, enormous. In terms of Ed Oliver, 
He looked like he did a lot of last year where I thought he was dominant. I haven't seen much of that this year. He's been pretty good. But if this is going to be a, if this is going to be a, a sign of things to come with that, Oliver, you should be really excited about this, uh, this Bills defense going forward. The next thing on that list that I have was Josh Allen in the second half. In the first half, I'm going to tell you right now, I'll throw the, the numbers out. That was maybe as uncomfortable as I've seen Josh look physically. I'm not talking about the elbow, grabbing the elbow. Mm-hmm. He just looked like he did not want to make a mistake. He, 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 I don't know. It was just weird. He just looked, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't really explain it. I, I'm baffled. He just did not look good. He had one good throw to Gabe Davis and, and Gabe Davis dropped it, which has kind of been a problem this year. Although he Gabe Davis, I thought had a good game as a whole. Got to be more consistent. But anyway, my point was, although, yeah, I know. I don't even know that Josh made a good throw in the entire first half besides that. I mean, he was throwing the ball over people's heads, low, off to the left, to the right. You know, if he wanted to run, just mm-hmm. he looked really, he didn't look like himself. You know, mm-hmm. not just, just mentally and physically, it just, he felt off. Right before the half, he hit Stephon Diggs with that touchdown. Nice play. He bought himself some time with his legs. And then he got in a groove, I think, from there. Anyway. Uh, I think Josh Allen, second half Josh Allen, was really good and different than what we've seen this year. Stat-wise, mm-hmm. 9 of 11, no touchdowns, but 9 of 11, 113 yards. What's the most important thing? No picks. Right. No turnovers. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, after throwing six interceptions in 10 quarters, after throwing four red zone picks in two games, which still blows my mind, Josh Allen, after being responsible for a fumble on his own goal line that essentially cost them a game, we saw Josh Allen make no mistake. Like, there wasn't a pass in that game against Cleveland that was interceptable. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't get a lucky break that the guy dropped it. You know, like, oh, yeah. I thought he was efficient. And I liked Sean McDermott really, really praised him hardcore after the game. And we've seen better Josh Allen. We've seen Josh just piss on teams because he's his, right. his talent. You know, 400 yards, four touchdowns, run for 90 yards, whatever. Right. Uh-uh. This was just the run. Let the running game carry us on this game. You're going to be not all the time, but in this game, you're kind of a game manager and take what the defense gives you. And on this game, this day, the defense was giving you the run. The defense was giving you the check down passes. Dawson Knox had seven catches. Most he's had this year. Tied a career high. Josh was taking what the defense gave him. I was very impressed with his patience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I thought this yep. was a good game for Josh because of that. Not numbers-wise, but a good game for him. No, that's that's the exact kind of game he's needed after the last few weeks where a lot of it – and again, what was our criticism of him? He's trying to play hero ball, trying to do everything, mm-hmm. forcing the issue, doing all that stuff. It's like, no, you don't have to do that. Like, Great quarterbacks don't have to force anything. Like You right. just make, you make the best of what you got. Rely on your teammates to to take care of business. You know, if you throw them the ball, like they can take off with it, do whatever, get your first downs, do all that stuff. Uh, you don't have to. He, he doesn't have to throw for nine hundred yards a week. Like it does, it's unnecessary. Just be efficient, pile up your yards as you as they come, and just manage the clock, manage the games. Like that's 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 where it's at. I, this is I think this is still part of like the uh, the, the growth process for him because. You know, all last year he was just you know piling up the huge numbers, all this, you know, all that stuff, and you're just kind of like, wow, this is really he's great. It's great, it's good. Um, but you get into some of those scenarios where it's just kind of like, mm, I don't know. And like this year, teams, I don't know if it's teams getting wise to him, or if it's you know just him maybe just kind of going through it for a few games or whatever the case is. 
Um, but he, you don't, again, it's against Cleveland. You should beat them no matter what. Sure. You don't have to. You don't have to go Hulkamania on Cleveland. Like you don't need to throw for five hundred seventy thousand yards in a game and throw for nine hundred touchdowns. You don't need to do that to beat them. The Bills are going to have to be. Look, they're not going to run for one hundred seventy yards against every team they play, and Josh is going to have to play the way we've seen Josh Allen play at times mm-hmm. for them to go far in the playoffs. There's no question about it. But again, you cannot put the the weight of the world on your shoulders every single Sunday. We saw as good as he is, we've seen him break down a little bit when you do that. So it's nice to have some balance in, in the offense. And, and we certainly saw that. Uh, that point, I kind of talked about him already, but the next one was Dawson Knox. Staying trusty. Uh, it'll be a key down the stretch for Josh. Because look, just as Josh can't throw for 350 yards every game, you can't count on Stephon Diggs catching 12 passes a game either. He's, mm-hmm. He had four for 48 and a touchdown. Again, that gave him the lead before the half, which was a, obviously a, a huge play. But you got to have secondary options. And Gabe Davis, four catches, nice catches, but he had that drop. He still got mm-hmm. trust issues with him. Dawson Knox was thrown two seven times, and he caught all seven passes, 70 yards. Very good game. Mm-hmm. Dawson Knox had nine touchdowns last year. Uh, it, it would be nice to see him kind of continue to, to develop into a guy that Josh is going to trust because the Bills are continuing to get nothing from this slot position with Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir. So I think that Dawson Knox is going to be a very big player for them uh, down the stretch. I, I give Shakir a little bit of a, I give him a break because he's a rookie. You know, sure. McKenzie, McKenzie I, I can see everybody's. It's not his fault he ain't playing. Right. <laughs> he's not right. even playing. Right. Uh, I think in McKenzie's case, though, I, I can see the uh, patience with him running out with people. Uh, at least, you know, just again, the casual perusal of social media, seeing what people say about things, mm-hmm. you know, like the, uh, the two point chance that he, you know, that he tried to run for and he just gets stymied. Like, okay, maybe that's a weird, maybe that's a weird call of that situation. I don't know, but there's been more often than not, there's been plays and situations where it's just kind of like, dude, what are you doing? Like, come on, like, you know, figure it out, do something better. Like, you know, whatever I, I but I, I just don't see Shakir getting that opportunity right now with this team to be able mm-hmm. to overtake him next year. Different story. Sure. Uh, next year's a totally different story, but a rookie in that spot. I don't think they're, they're, they're going to throw him, throw him in like that to try to put the pressure on him. I agree a hundred percent. And I'm at least going to mention him because we've spent time talking about him in recent weeks, Odell Beckham jr. And how he would be a nice help to this offense. I'm convinced he's going to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm highly convinced Dallas is all they, they, they check all the boxes. They're a contender. They got the money. It's a high-profile city. He would prefer to not be cold if all things are equal. Yeah. And he could go to a team in Dallas that's got a great number one with CeeDee Lamb, but he could go there and be that number two guy right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Buffalo, who knows you know, what his role would be. So I'm pretty confident at this point Beckham's going to, uh, to Dallas. Yeah, I agree with you about Shakir. I think it might take something happening in Isaiah McKenzie, like either making a really bad mistake or getting hurt for yep. Shakir to get more looks at this point. I think Hines, we, I mean, we keep saying Hines is going to have a bigger role in this offense. It has not happened yet, but he might right. do some more slot stuff, gadget stuff. Um, all right, and then the last thing that I that I really liked about this team, and this was an important factor in Sunday's game, Bill's special teams was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Tyler Bass go six for six on field goals, including a 56-yarder and a 49-yarder. And, mm-hmm. I mean, these weren't barely getting through or, you know, just going inside the cross poles, man. I mean, these were – 
kicks right down the middle of the field. They were great. I mean, Tyler Bath, you got to think, man, if he only played in a dome, the, the, the efficiency this guy yeah. would have, man, he was really good. Um, say, those are dome kick specialties right there. Sure, right? sure, sure, Blasting sure. Like 70 yards, no matter well, what. Hey, okay. stay, stick it on that point, though. All right, so the Bills made six field goals, six for six. Mm-hmm. The special they blocked a field goal from Cleveland, so that was big. Yeah. So the Bills defense had a block on a field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naheem Himes had a nice 29 yard punt return that set up the Bills' first field goal. He had a couple nice returns during the game, and then another kind of under the radar play. And you kind of hinted at it a little bit near the end of the game. Cleveland kind of made a go of it, they mm-hmm. get down to eight points. Onside kick at the end of the game, weird bounce. Uh, Gabe Davis misplays a little bit, balls in the air. Taiwan Jones comes flying in and gets that ball on the ground and eventually pushes and gets that ball out of bounds mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, Cleveland doesn't recover. So, yeah, the Bills' special teams, sometimes special teams don't really matter, but it mattered on Sunday. I mean, uh, the yeah. Bills, they again, they, they they had a nice punt return to set up a field goal. They blocked the field goal. They kicked six, and they made sure that Cleveland did not get an onside kick. So it was a really was good a, game for special teams. Was it a blocked field goal or was it an extra point? Uh, that was a field goal. Was a field goal okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was a close field goal. Yep. And yep. They were they were in that position where it's like, okay, get get some points here. Cut it down to ten. I think it would have cut it down to ten. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I forget. I forget what the what it was, but I I want to know what that kicker's thinking, kick, trying to smash a line drive from like thirty yards out. Like, dude, yeah. kick it, it up was, sky sky it up in the air. To it make was sure pretty low, it, so somebody doesn't get it. You know you're so kicking it too low when when you can't tell by watching the replay because it might have been Daquan Jones, it might have been uh, Saran Neal. Mm-hmm. I think they both might have gone in their hand right. on the ball right. to I mean, block like, it. Watching that replay, I'm like, what are you? Why are you kick, like, right. kicking at nine thousand miles an hour like at somebody's face? Like, come on. <laughs> so there's plenty to like about the Bills game. There's also some things to not like. For me, the biggest thing was was cornerback. Man, I mean, yeah. Oh, these Probably. corners right now, they 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 can't make a play to save their lives, man. Um, these past and it's not just this game too; it was also the Minnesota game, which we all know. They can't make a play to save their life, and I like Dane Jackson. I think he's been a pretty good story, a seventh round pick out of Pitt. I think this is his third year. He's had some good moments. I think he potentially could be a pretty good number two re- or corner. We've seen it before, but he's because of injuries, he's the number one corner right now. And dude, he has been absolutely abysmal. Mm-hmm. These past couple of weeks, man. I mean, he's been really, really bad. Now, granted, Justin Jefferson is one of the best in the NFL. Amari yeah. Cooper is really good. But, man, you got to make a play. You got to turn around. I mean, he's not even turning around. I want to put up a tweet. <laughs> this was actually kind of funny. It kind of messed up, but but also funny. I put up a, a tweet. I said, the only thing I'll say about Dane Jackson is that maybe winning if Trey is back as the true number one, uh, Dane won't be largely responsible for trying to contain guys like Justin Jefferson and Amari Cooper. Maybe it's unfair to evaluate him as the number one lockdown guy right now. And then somebody <laughs> tweeted at me, Dane won't know when somebody is about to take the number one spot because he's physically incapable of looking over his shoulder. Meaning that there was a ball, Amari Cooper, Brissett, who, by the way, I thought Jacoby Brissett played pretty damn well, man. Yeah. He, uh, he threw a ball to Amari Cooper. I'm watching the game with Shane, my kid. And the ball's in the air. And so I said, ball, I said, beat, beat. I started yelling, beat. You, I knew Dane Jackson got beat. Mm-hmm. Cooper beat him. Dane Jackson never even turned around until the ball was already in Cooper's hands. It's uh it's a problem, man. You know, it's it's Cooper. tough because half the job of the corner is like you got to know where the ball. I mean, you got to know where the ball is all at, at all times, right? Like you just got you have to know. And like you get an idea, you're watching, you know, you're going down the field, you're watching the receiver's eyes. 
Cause that's your giveaway. You see the eyes get, get big and then you're like, okay, it's mm-hmm. coming. And like, I get it. Like you can't always just like turn around and like be ready for it. Like, right. I, I get it. Like the ball's coming too fast. It's coming in from weird angle, whatever. If you lose it for a second, that guy's going to catch it and he's gone. Like forget it. But at the same point, you can't just be like running in front of the guy, just like waving your hands. He's like, no, 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 no. Like trying to do that and trying to play defense that it's you're like guys are too good. Like yeah. guys, receivers are too good to fall for that. stuff. Am- Amari Cooper had eight catches for 113 yards and two touchdowns. And again, this is the week after Justin Jefferson scorched earth on them. Um, now Cooper, by the way, he spread it around too. He also beat Teron Johnson. who's a good slot corner, but he got the better Teron a couple times as well. Um, Christian Benford. I look, I know he's again, a six round rookie. People really want to like him. He's made a couple plays here and there. He's a physical kid. He's only a rookie. He'll get better, mm-hmm. but you know, he's been pretty bad. Xavier Rhodes played some in this game. And Joe, I don't know if he's got anything left in the tank because they didn't throw at him. But it's right. like, why would you? If you got Dane Jackson and Christian Benford out there, why are you gonna throw at Xavier Woods or Rhodes? Why are you gonna test him? You know, yeah, like, why are you gonna throw to your third and fourth options against the guy who's you know just getting back into the league when your yeah. your top guys are burning the other, you know, the other starters. Yeah, it makes sense. Good news is, again, as we tape this Monday, uh, um, Kyrie Elamu did not play on Sunday with his ankle. He was a full participant in Monday's walkthrough. That's probably a good sign for Thursday. You're not going to see Trey White Thursday. They're still saying day to day. You ain't, I already know you're It'd not going to see him. crazy to play him on that turf. They're not going to play him. You will see him either the following Thursday, which is weird. So the Bills play Thursday in Detroit for Thanksgiving. Then they play again. Usually that's 10 days. You get 10 days between games on a Thursday game. But yep. they're coming back, and they're playing New England on Thursday night football in Foxborough a week later. I think you might see Trey White then. And if you don't, the following week they'll have 10 days before they play at home against the Jets. If you ain't seeing – and by the way, Leslie Frazier today said he's getting very close. So mm-hmm. I would expect to see him not this week but next week. Yeah. Worst case, two weeks. If you don't see Trey by then, I don't think you're going to see Trey at all this year. So they need him. It's going to be like the last couple of games of the year, maybe just to see what he can do that. Maybe he can play something in the playoffs, but like, even then you're not going to push him. They're going to need him. Look, they got away with, they They got away with it in Miami. They Tyreek Hill didn't do much. Waddle had a pretty good game, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, they got away with the injuries against Miami. They played some shitty teams and then they got beat pretty bad these last two weeks by Justin Mm -hmm. Jefferson and by Amari Cooper. They're going to need him. When they play Tyreek again, Hill, they're going to need Trey White. And then, again, either Dane Jackson or if Kyrie Elam plays better, you might have both their starting corners might not be in the lineup that we saw Mm -hmm. on Sunday over the next couple weeks. So, anyway, that was bad. Tremaine Edmonds is such a polarizing figure. He's more valuable to this team when he's not playing. Or you see his value, I should say, when he's not playing. I was going to say, yeah, you had half the Twitter audience going, yes, I agree to it. Exactly. I can say he sucks and half people are going to be like, yep, 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 yep. No, I actually, him not playing kind of changes my stance because I see what the alternative is. Tyrell Dodson, physical guy, he could play the run pretty good. He ain't it. He is horrific in pass coverage. I'm going to tell you, the first half of that Cleveland game, Joe, again, you might have been out doing some shoveling. You didn't get to see the whole first half. I promise you this. You know how the Bills have been their worst enemy this year? They've shot themselves in the foot. The worst, mm-hmm. who beat the Cleveland Browns in the first half is the Cleveland Browns. They dropped probably yeah. two touchdowns. They were dropping passes, bad play calls, dumb penalties. You got Terrell Dodson out there. You should be running slants to Nikoju or the other tight end or your running backs, your slot guys. 
run over the middle of the field because Terrell Dodson cannot cover. He can't cover. They should have been running across the middle almost every play for this entire game. Kareem Hunt, get him one-on-one situations. Ugh, bad play, Colin. So Cleveland was their own worst enemy. We've only won three games this year, Pat. Like, that's, Dodson's that's not it. Dumb, Look, Matt Milano is their best linebacker. But Jermaine Edmonds is just as valuable. He does things that Matt Milano, Matt Milano does things that pop. They flash. They matter. um, Tremaine Edmonds does things like covers tight ends really well. He takes away passing lanes. He might make the quarterback check down to the second or third or fourth progression. He does things that go under the radar really well. And the the smart Bills people, the film people should try to show me this shit. And they promise me that they're telling me the truth. And I kind of take them at their word. Anyway, don't like Terrell Dodson. So corner's a problem. Depth at linebacker is a big problem. It would be really nice because we haven't seen a lot of Tremaine and Matt Milano healthy together this year. And you're not going to see Tremaine. They're saying it's a stretcher and play on Thursday. You're a Lions fan. You might like this. Tremaine Edmonds, you're not going to see him on Thursday. So it's a chance for your tight end, whoever the hell it is now that T.J. Hawkinson's gone. And you're you're running backs to, you know, to have some success, your third receivers in the the middle of the field. Because if if I'm the Detroit Lions, I'm Jared Goff. I'm telling you now, I'm attacking Terrell Dotson a lot. I, it, for me, that means that means hitting DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. That's sure. what that means to me because he's I, as good of a runner as he is. He's so good catching the ball too, and Jamal Williams too. I think a little bit, although he's he's more like the jeez. Uh, the Bills had a guy. This is gonna yeah, sound touchdown crazy. machine is what he is. What I mean, like if the Bills had a guy like that in the red zone, you, you wouldn't have to worry about Allen throwing the ball. Just hand it off to Williams. He's just a magnet for the end zone. He just it's all, all he does is score touchdowns. That's all he yeah. seems to do. Like it. It's wild, but yeah, they, uh, passing wise, I don't know. It, Detroit's it's it's funny. Like they've won three in a row now, which is bizarre. Okay, a like it I told you, to I told season. you six weeks ago they're a pretty good team, and you didn't believe me. Well, I, what were they doing to prove it? They weren't doing anything to prove it. They were playing well, like they, assholes. They were fun. They were doing well, <laughs> fun on both sides. <laughs> they're they're right. fun assholes, at least. But like, uh, but like, I mean, they got Chark back now. Chark's back out there. You know, St. Brown's great. You know, uh, Goff hasn't. Goff's been fine. Like, I, I'm the biggest critic of him. He's been totally fine. Like, he's been a very, he's been not excellent, but like, he's not throwing the ball away. He's not turning it over. He's just doing his job, throwing for like 250 yards a game, maybe a touchdown or two. That's all I need out of him because they, because they can run the ball really well. Like Detroit, like. If they get their act together, they can run the ball really well, and the line loves to hit. Like that line loves playing physical. They love to to get out and, and block for runs. So I don't know. It, it, it's this matchup is only interesting now because Buffalo's kind of played like crap for you know even very inconsistent. I know, like I know this you know the Cleveland game like they put up thirty one points. Like, yeah, cool, but play like dog shit for a half. You know, like you know two and a half quarters really. Like they play like crap. So. Uh, you know, they, you know, they may, you know, completely screw themselves against Minnesota. They play garbage in the second half against green Bay. So, I mean, there's, you know, the jets game, like whatever it's, it's fine. But, um, but like, you know, Detroit's in a spot now where they're kind of in a groove. They, you know, they love playing for Campbell. Like that's the thing they, they were losing, they were losing games with him in charge. And like, they hate, they hated losing because they're like, cause like they know if they keep losing, he's going to lose his job. And then what, what, what other moron coach is going to come in there and ruin things. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they love playing for him, but I don't know. It, it's so weird because they're so, they're so frustrating. You hear me talk anytime you mention them. And I just, I, I just, 
exasperated trying to talk about them. But now it's like, <laughs> eh, they're not doing so bad now. Like they're kind of doing some things right. They're you know, still kind of screwing a lot of things up, but they're not awful right now. No, they're, they're, they're not. I, I think they're a competitive team. One last little nitpick too, because, you know, I'm kind of have my MVPs and my LVPs. This is an unpopular take, especially on Bill's Twitter, because he's such a popular guy. And he's been a good story, and he has been pretty good this year, but they're fullback, Reggie Gilliam. Bad game. I just want to point that out. Bad game. couple bad missed blocks, including the two-point conversion. Everyone wants to kill Isaiah McKenzie for not getting in. He got drilled, and that's because Gilliam whipped on a block. He also had a holding penalty. Kind of ticky-tack, but you know how that goes. Right. That nullified what would have been a long Devin, a run by Singletary that would have got him to the goal line. So not a good game for Gilliam. Anyway, back to what you were talking about. You know, it's kind of funny. Because I agree with you, and I I just, when you were talking, because I, I never looked it up previously, I looked up the line for the game on Thursday, the betting line, and right mm-hmm. now, it's nine. I feel like that's pretty, a pretty big line for the Bills to go. I mean, Detroit's had short rest, too, but they're at home. Right. This is something yeah. they do every year, play on Thanksgiving at home. Well, it's mm-hmm. kind of the Bills are turning into a Thanksgiving well, yeah. team as well. But anyway, again, the, yeah, <laughs> the Bills, Josh Allen has been a little wishy-washy of late. Um, a lot of injuries. Detroit's played very well recently. They're at home. I feel like nine points is kind of a lot. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. My knee-jerk reaction, I might put some thought in this. I might change my mind, Joe. By Thursday morning, I might be convinced myself the Bills are going to win by 30. This might be the game, like, they go and just show you that who they are, like they did against the Rams. and they That'd, did be, against cla- the- that'd be pretty classic Detroit. Just be like, hey, we're doing good. We're doing great. And lose by 55. Right, 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 right. So I can convince myself. But right now, my initial reaction when I look at that, it's like, I'll tell you right now, man. Take the emotion out of it. If I had to bet on that game and risk my hard-earned money, I would. Uh, I'd be really tempted to take Detroit plus nine points. It's a lot of points at home. It is, uh, you know, especially because like the break-even is always like home team lays three no matter what. So it's I guess they're technically looking at this as like a twelve-point, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like a twelve-point sort of thing. But ever since the Lions fired their secondary coach, and this was like four weeks ago. They stopped being a god awful defensive team, which I maybe it's just perfect timing. Like I don't know, but like suddenly they could they they could defend the pass a, uh, b they could defend the run again, which I don't know that teams were, you didn't really need to run against them. You just throw the ball all over them. It didn't matter. Uh, but they're but they're playing better defensively. I mean they were god awful. They were the worst defensive team in the NFL for the first what six seven weeks of the season. Like they're mm-hmm. horrendous. Um, and the offense is now like, and there's been injuries, you know, Chark just got back to action. Swift has been in and out of the lineup. Um, but the, but the offense has kind of clicked along for the, the most. line's been pretty good. The yeah. Offensive the line, the, the offensive Straight line, the team. It, it's very weird to say this, but yes, it is. I, 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 and this is a team that's had shitty offensive lines for the last 50 yeah. years. So, and you know, that's why Barry Sanders ran the way he did. <laughs> he, didn't, he, had, he had one blocker, it was Lomas Brown, and then it was every, you know, four of the bums. But, uh, but yeah, they, they they do some things well, and they, I mean, when they run the ball, they run up. They do some they do some neat schemes and stuff with the blocking to really open up holes where you're not expecting it. And these guys can hit them. Like Swift is Swift is a really good back, and so is yeah. Williams. Yeah, they got weapons. There's no question about it. I'll tell you. And this is my honest assessment, my unemotional, unbiased assessment. If you get the Josh Allen that played against the Rams, the Titans, the Steelers, you're, you're going to have your Detroit oh, fan. I got some bad news for you, man. Yeah, because 
The Bills get up by a lot, and Detroit becomes one-dimensional, and you don't have to worry about trying to stop Williams or, or Swift running the ball. Mm-hmm. They become one-dimensional. It could be a long day for Detroit. But Jared they Goff. have the ability to keep this game yeah. close. And you, if you're a Bills fan, you should not take this team for granted, especially what we saw a couple weeks ago when the Bills went to the Jets and just laid an egg. Because, I mean, goddamn the Jets. How shitty do they look when they're not playing the Buffalo Bills? Zach Wilson, I think he's going to get benched this week. He played he, like shit. What he, he said? Wait, he, he didn't take me. He took I zero. For the rest of the season, get lost, yeah. man. Yeah, I think he lost his team by not taking any oh, accountability yeah. whatsoever. I mean, he's got his own rookie receiver, Garrett Wilson, pissed at him. That's right. not going to play well. One last thing about the Bills, too. It's kind of funny pregame going into this game. So now look, the Bills lost to Minnesota, uh, a classic, an instant classic. It was the Bills should have beat Minnesota, kind of like Dallas beat them on Sunday. The Bills, it was there. Minnesota was begging to get blown out. Anyway, they lost the game. They lost to the Jets the week before I get it. Six and three coming into Sunday. I watched the CBS pregame, which I usually don't watch the pregame shows, but I did. And they had a segment where um, all four analysts had to pick the division winners and the three wild cards. And I'm like, the Bills, who are still, by the way, are the betting favorites still in Vegas to win the Super Bowl. The national media, the national analysts and TV networks, have quickly fallen out of love with this team because um, Phil Sims and Nate Burleson both had Miami winning the division with the Bills being the fifth seed because they'd be the top wild card. And then Bill Cowher and Boomer Sison still had the Bills winning the division, but they had them both as the number four seed. I'm like, damn. And then I'm looking at the top three seeds, which would be Baltimore, um, Kansas City, and Tennessee. Those are the teams that are winning their divisions. Beat all those teams. Well, they literally beat all three of those teams already. They literally, literally have beaten all three of those teams already. Right. It's it's just funny how quick the national media could just jump off a team and fall in love with the with the next team. It's crazy. Like right now, yeah. nobody. You may as well hand the Kansas City Chiefs a Super Bowl trophy right now. Ain't nobody beating them. You know, it, it's just crazy. And the Chiefs, by the way, are playing good football, but. Let's relax a little you know, bit, man. What what did <laughs> what did the Bills do to kind of earn the respect the last few weeks? Though they look bad. agreed, right? but yeah, I mean, I, I get it. it everybody's going to be fickle about these things because they look like world beaters the first you know the first bunch of the season. Sure, right now it's like, uh, what are you doing, guys? Like this is kind of stupid, and you know. You're, you're only as good as you, as you look before, and that's that's it, kind of where they're at. It just blows my mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not egregious to say that Miami could win this division. It's not an egregious, no. bold, outlandish prediction at no. all. It could. But so it's just funny. Like, no one yeah. in that entire studio had the Bills being anything better than the fourth seed in the AFC. I just – I found that funny. They, so, just, and, like, I'm looking at the AFC standings. Like, okay, everybody in the East is above 500. Okay, that's weird. Baltimore and Cincy, only teams above 500 in the North. The South, Tennessee, that's it. They, they're they're the only team above 500. Like that's yeah. it. And then Kansas, Kansas City, like the Chargers are five and five, but you know Kansas City's eight and two, and they you know they just beat the Chargers last night. So I, like, yeah. and that that's it. That's everybody. Like that that should be your playoff field right there. Yeah. Honestly, it's like just, just take everybody who's over 500, put them in the playoffs. It's just crazy watching the national TV people just fall out of love with Buffalo. Um, Buffalo Sabres fans, I think you're going to start falling out of love with the Buffalo Sabres mm. pretty soon if something don't change. Look, I get it. I know they were a little in over their heads in, in the, the early 7-3 and three start. Gave yeah. fans maybe a lot of false hope, and it's a, it's a story we've seen all too many times. Mm-hmm. But eight in a row now, 
as we, well, not as we tape, as the Sabres are playing tonight, you were listening Tuesday, they're playing tonight in Montreal. The Buffalo Sabres have lost eight in a row. They're 7-11 and 11 on the season. They are one point ahead, as we t- at least as the last time I looked. Maybe something changed on Monday night. And well, I'll put it this way. The Sabres didn't play, so it wouldn't have benefited them. They're one point ahead of Ottawa right now to avoid last place, not just in the Atlantic Division, mm-hmm. but in the entire Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And here's a little fun fact for you, Sabre fans. I just, I, I how fun my, is fun fact? My hard hitting research tells me that if the NHL draft lottery was tonight, the Buffalo Sabres would have the fourth most ping pong balls in the lottery. Yep. Really? Joe, yeah. we have not even <laughs> fucking had Thanksgiving dinner yet. Yeah. I've been in a good mood with the Sabres for months now. You remember my tirades a year or so yep. ago. Mm-hmm. I've been in a good mood. What the hell is going on here, man? When When is... <laughs> This thing's going to turn around. Are we going to be out of this race by the time I start going Christmas shopping? I know that the the Sabres, you should not predict or project them to make the playoffs, but at least I wanted to have some meaningful hockey in the spring. And it's (laughs) starting to look like they went out even at meaningful games. Fucking holiday shopping season. What in the world is going on? Well, well, A, it's the injuries are catching up, has caught up with them. But mm-hmm. uh, they're getting Samuelson back against Montreal. Like that's I cannot. I, Don Granato right. was like over the moon that Matias Samuelson is going to be back, and that's a huge. That's a huge change for him. Like that's a that. It's not. It's not like getting an MVP player, but it makes things easier on your defense. Like it gets you. You don't have to have Darlene and Power play together uh, as a, as a pairing like that. I don't. I don't like that because it's taking both your guys that can manage the puck and putting them together and trying to play them, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game. And it's like, that's okay, cool. But you could also have them each play 25 minutes, you know, on their own pair. And then you're covered for, for like, you know, 90% of the game. Um, that That's going to help. Um, they, I mean, listen, when, when things get like this, the, it, it doesn't take much to kind of rattle your confidence. I mean, it, it goes this way for, I mean, it goes this way for any team, you know? Um, but like with, in the Sabres case, I, again, it's the youth, you know, you lose a couple of games. And you're like, ah, whatever, we'll get them next time. When you get to seven and eight, it's kind of like, mm. all right. You know, like it all it takes is one shitty goal against. And then suddenly you're just like, ah, oh, here we go again. Like the, the Leafs game, the first goal, the first goal, the Leafs score is a, is a shot. That's going to go a mile wide. That goes off Tavares, a stick and, and goes and goes past Luke and like, Mm-hmm. All right. Like, okay, that's how we're starting this one out. Great. And then, you know, they give up two power play goals in what, 20 seconds, 40 seconds, whatever it was. And it's like, you can't be doing stuff like that. I mean, at least power plays too, too, too many weapons, too many guys. Like you can't just give them constant opportunity. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's that for, you know, for, for the Leafs game anyways, like that's just, you know, that's just a lot of, you know, bad mistakes, dumb errors, things like that. Um, the, you know, the Ottawa game, like, ah, I don't know, man, like that's, you know, you, you get a, you get a tough guy like Austin Watson scores the first goal of the game for Ottawa. And you're like, oh, come on, man. And then, you know, Thompson, you know, Tage gets a power play goal. That's great. Not even like two minutes later, Ottawa gets another, it gets, a, they, gets their own power play goal to put them ahead. And then they, you know, they won going away, but um, you know, it's that game, the Vancouver game, like Vancouver, that was a that's a bad that's a bad loss. 
that was a very bad loss by by Buffalo, and it's just there, there's there's no reason for it because it was again it was it was bad you know it, bad dumb mistakes with penalties because the one thing you couldn't allow Vancouver to do was to get on the power play, and what do they do? They let them get on the power play tons of times in the game. They scored twice, like. Yeah, that's why you lose, man. Like you, you, the one good thing that that team does is score on the power play, and you gave them multiple opportunities. It's like it's 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 things like that where you're just kind of like, dude, come on, get it together, put it, figure it out, like get get this thing squared away. But it's you know, I'm not going to say you know trust the process with any of this crap. Like I'm not going to say anything like that. But this is part of what the process is with with a team that's this young. Like they they got to learn how to win, but they also got to figure out how how to lose and how to you know not embrace losing obviously, but like um, how to handle, you know, the, the, you know, the, the roller coaster of emotions that comes with, you know, with losses, like, you know, it, one bad goal, isn't the end of the world. And, you know, one mistake, isn't the end of the world. Like every, there's going to be a thousand mistakes every game. Um, but you can't keep making the same mistakes over and over again, that lead to goals against. And that's kind of an area where they've been in lately. And, you know, they're not getting, not getting a ton of production outside of the top top line which is tough but again it's tons of young dudes and guys that have struggled at five and five so i mean you know middle stat olsen have been rough on five and five you know the young guys like it's going to be ups and downs constantly with them so um so yeah it's i i want to you know listen they got they got what three games this week four games this week whatever it is I got to say that they're going to snap out of this at one of these games. I got a feeling it'll probably be Wednesday night against St. Louis because it's 90s night. The crowd's going to be pumped up and probably extra juiced up because it's Thanksgiving Eve. Um, but and like, sweet, sweet unis. Yeah, sweet unis. They're going to be doing all the old 90s stuff of the game. Like, it's going to be, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun night. People can have fanny packs. Like, it's great. But like, <laughs> but like, you know, it, it's, they're going to figure it out. Like they're going to like, I, I, it's weird to say this because past teams have not given me any sort of reason to feel like they're going to figure it out and they're going to get out of it. These guys do because the talent, the talent is there. The talent is superior than what they've had before. And it's just a matter of like getting them back on track in the right way. So that, you know, that they don't make some of the same errors that they're not kind of getting scrambly after the puck and, you know, kind of losing, losing their way with how they got to, you know, support each other and pick each other up. Let me put up a stat that I couldn't believe until I saw it, and I still have a hard time believing it, but it's kind of one of those, tell me if you've seen this story before when it comes to uh, the Sabres. Listen to this, folks, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this on YouTube. By the way, hit that subscribe button if you're you're watching us. Um, The Buffalo Sabres, this is what they do, okay? The last four years, 2019 and 20 they started eight one and one and then they lost 10 of 12 games 2020 2021 four three and two start pretty good start then they lost 23 of 25 games oh my god 21 22 last year five one and one start very promising and then they lost 10 of their next 12 games this year seven and three start and now this has been updated since then they're on a eight-game losing streak. So I suppose if you're a Sabres fan right now, again, this is something that you're used to. It does not make it any more enjoyable. Yeah. But holy shit, man, this team just continuously, year after year after year, kind of teases you a little bit. 
gives you a wave some of that candy in front of your face. Yep. And then it takes it away from you, man, just when you're ready to go grab it and, and try to eat some of it. It's just what the hell? That 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 just blows my mind, man. And, uh, I'll say that I'll say this wish was nice enough to not include the 1819 season in there as well, because that's where they had the 10 game winning streak in November. Okay. Uh, where you know they they started out kind of 500, then they won 10 in right, a row. And then they like, got oh hot. boy, here they go! They're in first place, and then they were in first place for like a day. Then they lost to Tampa, and then it was forget it. You know, okay. season over at that point. They lost the next five. So you're like, oh well, all right, same old Sabers. Here they are again. But well, you, uh, you, yeah, you, uh, you alluded to them having four games coming up in the next week, and uh, you look at that schedule. They're at Montreal tonight. Mm-hmm. And then they're at home against the Blues on Wednesday. I agree with you. That might be their best chance to get a win. New Jersey uh, comes uh, to town. Blues are, Blues are red hot right now. <laughs> they were, I they were stinking up the I house. Don't know. Maybe the retro. Will, I, well, I, shit, man. Yeah. I don't know then because Friday night, the Devils are coming to town. <laughs> and they might never, if they, if they beat Toronto, they might never lose again, man. What is it, 12, 13 in a row or something like that? So they just won thir- number 13 in a row on Monday. Jesus. So, so yeah. you got they them coming to town. Five to two. Like, come on. And then you got Tampa coming to town next Monday, a week yeah, from now. So that's a three game homestand. St. Louis, fun. New Jersey, Tampa. Not exactly the three easiest opponents right now for yeah. a, uh, for a homestand. Well, look at it this way. Like you know, after Tampa, they they're they're at Detroit. Cool, and oh, Colorado comes to town the next the next oh, year. Jesus Christ! Well, oh, then the like Sharks are here. The Sharks stink. That's great. Columbus, they stink too. Then Pittsburgh. It's I just I, I can't believe when when this team was seven and three. I did not think that in a week or two I might be going out Christmas shopping, saying, Thank "Well, you. there's always next year when it comes to the Sabers." I at least wanted to be flirted with. I wanted to be wine and dined a little bit and think, hey, they maybe this team. Games. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, before I let you go, I, I, I want to remain. I'm in a pretty good mood. That way about it, but it's just kind of, I don't know. It's it's a long season. You have to, I, listen, I, my my biggest thing with, with watching. It ain't that hockey, long. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's long until it's short, right? Like, it's my yogiism for it, for, uh, really. But, um, but I mean, like, yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're doing a thing looking at team because there's a stat. I think it's it's like 77% of teams that are at a playoff spot at Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, I should say, not Canadian because that's like the second week of the season. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but 77% of teams that are at a playoff spot at Thanksgiving tend to make the playoffs. So, you know, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I know about lottery stuff when it comes to that. But well, I was going to say, what's the odds when you have the fourth most uh, ping pong balls in a lottery? As, as well, we take this, probably I mean, not very good. Oh, it's, it's funny. We, St. Louis Blues were last last in the league the January they won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> They're last in the NHL. And then I know that's, that's, an of, of an anomaly. Like, that's an anomaly. That's it's unbelievable. But yeah. before before I let you go, a couple of minutes here. Um, I'm in a mood to gab, and I really don't want to talk about the Sabers anymore because I'm in a pretty good mood. And again, I've done nothing but eat and watch Christmas movies for the last four days. Last Thursday, so as this storm was starting, mm-hmm. big time buzz circulating on Twitter that the ship might be over, man. Like that yeah. might've been that like Thursday night was going to be the swan song. And I'm going to be honest with you, the combination of how bad the storm would get throughout the night. And am I going to wake up with no Twitter to Friday? Yeah. Almost had me sleepless mm-hmm. all of Thursday. Um, were you ready to write your Twitter eulogy? Because I thought it was legit. Now, again, I don't know all the details. I didn't read all the stories, but long, I just know that a bunch of people lost their badges and their Mm -hmm. whatever. And there was a lot of buzz, a lot. I mean, Twitter was being 
dominated by talk that if this is it, you know, what's your last tweet or what's your vital hot take, right. this and that. It was actually made for a really fun night, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, Twitter was actually wet that night. It was a lot of fun. It's, but It's like an Irish I, wake, really. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like an Irish wake. And I don't know, man. Did you uh, Did you buy it? Like, did you start thinking in your mind? Because, listen, we're content creators at the end of the day. Yeah. You have a podcast. You have You have a sub stack. Mm-hmm. You write for Bleacher Report. Yep. You're, you're on Twitter a lot. You have a, a good following. Yep. People turn to you for updates, uh, mm-hmm. banter, all yep. kinds of shit. So say what you want about Twitter. A lot of people, you know, bitch about how much it sucks, yeah. this and that. I think I'm not afraid to admit it. Twitter is a big part of what I do. It's a yep. big part of this podcast. It's a big part of my my my, my growing um, is whether it's a brand or, or just as a person, mm-hmm. I was kind of like almost borderline sick to my stomach. I'm like, how did this go from, Oh, ha ha. Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter a couple months ago and you're going to get Trump tweets again and this and that. I'm like, and, and then to the point where it's like, and what, three weeks later, Twitter's going to be fucking done. Right. And there isn't going to be no more Twitter. I started getting nervous. I don't know yeah. if you did. I certainly did. I'm admitting it. I, well, I, I had to start thinking like, okay, what's the next place that, everybody's going to wind up at you have to start like locking down yeah. like getting new accounts and getting that stuff squared away which is just yeah, it's follow my facebook page yeah hey go to facebook go to mastodon go to whatever stupid social sites going to try to fill the void after the fact but like mm-hmm. i i tend you know it's tough to it's really tough to you know to to follow stuff like that when it starts to take off on twitter because again it's 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 a hive mind because it's just everybody that's on there and that everybody that's on there has been on there probably for a while. And like, that's kind of how we, you know, kind of all like cut our teeth with, with how to do things. So, yes, you know, when you, when you, you know, when, the, when there's the possibility that's there and that possibility is obviously there. I mean, it takes, it's, you know, megalomaniac billionaire would easily set $44 billion on fire just to, you know, just to, to get rid of something that annoys the garbage out of them. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the kind of thing idiot rich people would do. Sure. Um, but like there, so much of this site is, is reliant on, you know, getting emergency information out there to, to get stuff like that out. It's, it's almost, I, I'm not going to say it's not a utility. It's nothing like that, but it's of the social medias out there. It's the one that has the most important usage. Agree. Uh, for for what it provides and what it does now i selfishly i have no career if i don't you know if twitter wasn't around like because i for those of us like you and i that are very shameless self-promoters it's the best thing to do possible because every you know until you know the last few years where they started monkeying around the timelines uh it was straight you know as it happens you know tweets coming out news whatever it's like as it happens uh, you know everything happening in real time like that's great and for us, it was perfect because like if people are watching games, you know, you got your eye on Twitter to see what people are snarking about or you know yelling about or you know they get a video or something, like whatever. Um, but for like, you know, f- for me, like I don't have any career without that easy. I mean, that's it's 100 percent. That's easy because when, when I started writing uh, and started doing it as like a, you know, as a blogger, like doing stuff on the side when I was in radio, that was like. So I wasn't getting, you know, uh, you know, cause the hockey scene in Albany wasn't, you know, it's not great for pro hockey. It wasn't, you know, there's no NHL scene up there, like whatever. But I was like, well, I'm writing about the NHL. So who, you know, I can't reach out locally. Nobody locally is going to give a shit. 
So I was like, all right, well, there's a whole world out there. Let me start throwing my link around to the rest of the world. And yeah, right. People started reading it. People started to like it. It was like, cool. Even like the people, <laughs> the people at like the radio station I was working at, they're like, how are you getting so many hits? We don't even promote your site. And I go, well, maybe you should start doing that locally because I'm doing all the work to promote yeah. the damn site. Like that's why we're getting hits. And they're like, whoa, keep it up. And I'm like, pay me money. How about that? <laughs> Providing you with web hits, man. Like, come on. But it's, but I mean, like, but Twitter makes that easy. Twitter makes it so easy to find your people, your community and all that stuff. And, you know, it's very easily searchable. You can find everything you want find everything you don't want on there too, but sure. Um, but it's, I don't know. It, it's to me, it's a necessity, but I'm obviously extremely biased in that. Yeah. And so am I, and we're in the same way. We, like, we hate it because it, it gets stupid and you know, you get, yeah, it's a cesspool you know, at times. And you you see the, you gotta, it's like, you gotta deal with the worst to be able to, to use it to, uh, right. You know, to your liking the way you need to put it this mm-hmm. way, Joe, if you said pick one and you gotta get rid of all the rest, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever the hell is out there. It would take me a half a second to say, I need to keep Twitter. Yeah, Twitter to me is the most important. Mm-hmm. A lot of things you said, it has helped me grow this podcast. It helps me grow my brand. It has helped me reach out to people to get them on this show, you know, sending mm-hmm. people tweets or, or DMs. It, it keeps you engaged with the people who do read your work, who mm-hmm. listen to your podcast or watch you do video spots. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's a great fact checker. You yeah. know, like I can't tell you how many times somebody has said, you know, I don't know why it's popping in my head, but like when Kobe Bryant, when that shit started going down, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to believe. I kept seeing all these things and I'd go on Twitter and you get trusted media people that you trust. And mm-hmm. when they start reporting on it, then you believe it. Sports rumors all the time. You know, right. I'm what I'm hearing this, you know, Adele Beckham was going to the bills. It's a done deal. It's what I hear. You right. go on Twitter. I'm like, all right, Am Schefter in between that. Ian Rappaport in between that. She's not no done deal. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So you could fact check things like that. And things happen just in real time and instant. Like, you, mm-hmm. so it's like instant news. Yeah. Don't go. I know. Fuck around with something else. Elon Musk. Yeah. Don't, don't get why rid of you, Twitter. Why did you go buy Facebook? Facebook? Get rid of the, get rid of that friggin' site. Yeah, get rid of Facebook. Oh, exactly. Ah. I don't give a shit about Facebook's my family and friends and I don't give a shit about them. And I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of behaved on Facebook, I, but I, I really don't care. I'm putting pictures up of, dogs and you know my kids i don't give a shit about any of that (laughs) i need to have my brand um, on twitter and i need my real news and real (laughs) i don't want to have to create a a professional facebook page consider it i so much about facebook just bugs the crap out of me and i just i'm just like "Eh, it's like i had one for my old blog and i got rid of it because it got to be annoying to take care of i'm like fuck am i gonna have to really do this again because like facebook's the other like that's the next one but it's like they don't do anything right. Like they literally do nothing right because Zuckerberg's a dope too. But I, I, I use yeah. I use Facebook for completely different reasons than I do Twitter. Like Twitter, like like we talked about, that's the the podcast brand. That's my news gathering information. That's my engaging with fans. It's your social and, outlet and talking. Yeah. It's my social outlet. Facebook is family and friends, and it's also personal. Um, mm-hmm. like my privacy settings, only friends can see the statuses. That I put up, and the and honestly, Joe, the real reason is, I kind of, you know, people might have a perception of me from if they listen to this podcast or mm-hmm. or Twitter, because for the most part, I sound like I know what I'm talking about and being professional. I'm kind of a dick and an asshole on <laughs> Facebook because they're my family and my friends, and they know who I am, and I don't give a shit. I don't got to be something that yeah. I'm not. I'm telling you, I got a lot of. I mean, I, there's some people that I am friends with, like from the media, 
because I'm friends with them, like Jay Skursky and Tyler Dunn. Some of these people, right. they're friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Graham. But th- then there's yeah. other people, um, a lot of media people who have friend requests me and, and they're still left on requests. It's just <laughs> like, I don't, they think that I'm, well, I don't want them to see this side of me, you know, the side right. of me that's posting pictures of me fucking pass out on the couch at, at eight o'clock on a Saturday night because one of right. my dickhead friends took a picture of me passed out you know what i'm saying i don't need right. them seeing that shit yeah. on facebook so you, you can shoot facebook to the moon man i i really don't care just don't uh lose twitter one last thing then i promise you i'm gonna let you go it's really late by the way but you know this is like self-indulging time and it's thanksgiving so well actually thanksgiving they got nothing to do with it but you're a wrestling fan i'm a wrestling fan we don't never talk about wrestling nope. pretty significant event over the weekend though AEW had their pay-per-view and a mjf is now the AEW world's champion. And I, I'm here for it, man. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about it. I love it. That media scrum is awesome. Yeah. I think he's going to be, he, he's going to be what AEW needs a, a, as a champion, man. I just think he, you, they strapped that rocket to him. He, he's going to the moon. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, he's almost the way he carries himself. He's almost the kind of guy you don't need to put a belt on him to have him do it. But right. They, Given the situation they've been in with all the stuff that blew up with, you know, with Agreed. punk and all that stuff, like they need a long, you needed run. somebody. Plus, like, yeah. poor, poor Moxley. That dude was supposed to go on vacation when all that stuff blew up. And then he, they're yeah. like, sorry, dude, we got to put the belt on you for now. You got to carry the show for a bit. That like, sucks. Dude. He keeps getting, he gets to go on a break now. So it's like, oh, it's good, you know, but like, he keeps getting all on to do it. Yeah, yeah. He, he carried a company to CM Punk beat you. Carried a company to MJF beat you. Yeah, you know, I, but uh, listen, I like some it. guys like only the best do that. Like, yeah. you know, only the best guys can do that because they don't need they don't need they don't need the belt. They don't need the strap to 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 carry themselves and to to have success. Some guys just don't need it ever. Like that's that's the beauty of wrestling, man. It's like it's not always about who does you know who should have it, who deserves it. You know, based on like you know how the how the matches go, all that stuff, like whatever. It, it's the guys that can that can run with it, with that can carry the show and do everything they need without without having to have the belt. Those are the those are the guys you can build on, and that's kind of like what they have all throughout uh, AW. It's just a, there's a ton of guys, ton of people that can just work. Like they're really great workers, and mm-hmm. uh, this this is probably getting like too much inside baseball for a lot of people because they're just like i just like to see the people fly like i I get it but um but like but man like the way mgf carries like the way he leans into that character so hard like it's it's impressive because like even like you know interview like radio interviews will just be doing and it's like he's locked in from the second the mic goes on he is that character mic goes off he might still be that character you know, like, yeah, i'm glad you said that you so know he's zoned in on it he's it's it's almost weird it probably is weird, but like he owns it from beginning to end. And that's, that, that's the most impressive thing. Like, you know, you think back in the day, like, you know, was Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan out on the streets? No, of course he wasn't. He was, you know, he's just Terry Bollea, just running around being a, you know, being a muscle head. Um, you know, MJF, like he's got his own private life and everything. Like that's good for him. But like, if he's interacting with people like, Hey man, I know you. And then he's just like, yeah, well, fuck you. Like, that's like, that's how he carries himself. Like that's, it's, and it's not done out of like him being just like a, just trying to beat a shithead. It's like that's what his character is. Like that's I, and he just I, he might be ball. that for real too, man. It's true. <laughs> it's true. He might be, but it kind of reminds me a little bit. Not the same type of character because they were different types of heels. But Ric mm-hmm. Flair, like Ric Flair, was a, an extension yeah. of his real self. You know, the mm-hmm. the women, 
the, the, the fancy clothes. version of him. Yeah. I feel like MJF is like a slightly exaggerated version. He probably is that real prick, that heel in real life. I think it's fucking fantastic, man. Yeah, I, I I love it. I'm a, great I'm a heel is fun. Like that's the yes. best part. Like baby faces, they're cool. Like that's fine. But like, even I mean, when I was a kid, I like guys, you know, I like, like the heels. Stone Cold was the biggest guy ever because he was a, he was a shithead to everybody. Sure. And yeah. he gave people the finger and like, he said all the, he said, had all the great catchphrases, said all the right things. And then, you know, first of all, you know, MJF, like the press conference, first of all, I can't get over that. They do press conferences after pay-per-views. Like that just blows my mind. Like, wait, really? We're doing this? Like this is just a full extension of like what these characters are. People are watching them. But, well, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously after, you know, Punk almost starts a fight and starts shooting on everybody. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> but like uh, with MJF, when he just closed there, he's like, thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Like that's, <laughs> perfect. That's all that needed to be said. I want that to be like my permanent podcast outro, man. I'm just going to play a clip of, of MJF saying, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get out of here because we're going down a rabbit hole, Joe and I, that this yeah. could become a three and a half hour podcast if we yeah. start talking about uh, wrestling. <laughs> Give Joe a follow on Twitter at Joe Yurden. Hopefully there is still a Twitter to keep following yeah. Joe Yurden on. Um, have a good week, everybody. I, I think, I, I don't want to say for sure. I think we're going to be doing a podcast not Joe, but I think I'm going to be doing a podcast after the Bills game for uh, for Friday. But anyway, a significant game. It should be a fun game. The Detroit Lions on Thursday. Joe's favorite team. I'll tell you what. I am looking forward to talking to you next week when we can kind of talk about this game a little bit. But thanks for doing the pod, bud. And uh, have a great Thanksgiving, man. Yeah, you too, man. Have fun with the family. And uh, hope it's uh, hope all the food's good and the football. Hope your team loses this week. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.